Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskaden coming to you from Chile, North Carolina. And today is uh, a day to really hold on to our slogan of check. Let's check our emotions at the door as uh, I have prepared some notes here of things we're going to go through and it's one of those days where we really need to and more i'm speaking more so for myself um you probably you guys probably uh do a better job of this than me but for me reading the news and seeing what's going on i really need to check my emotions today and we'll get into that but first as i i see where the lord is taking us uh the focus of the day that i titled this episode is realigning um with his, being realigned with his desires and I want to look in Psalms 37 for scriptural basis um, for us today so that as we read the news, as we go through the stories that are happening and occurring, we can really have a that plumb line for us, that new wineskin to be able to let go and prune out those things that are not of him and gain the desires of his heart. And so we start in uh, verse four of Psalms thirty seven, where David here is saying, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And again, the the first thing there, delight ourselves in the Lord. But then we we, we go on to see uh really the differentiation uh of those who trust in the Lord and verse those who are uh, have insecurity uh, by being wicked. Uh, and then he goes through and the prayer point for today in the verse of the day is really Psalm, entire Psalms 37. But I wanted to point that out, number one, is that's the baseline of how we realign ourselves with the Lord. And then I want to go down to verses 25, where David says something very interesting. He says, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and lends. And his descendants are a blessing. Depart from evil and do good, so you will abide forever. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his godly ones. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked will be cut off. And you could go through the whole, the rest of the chapter and it really align with that there. But the key thing there is, is David's telling you, look, I've been young, I've been old, I've seen things. And at the end of the day, those who are in line with the Lord ha- make his heart their heart, make heaven come to earth or try to bring heaven to earth, are not forsaken. And I think that's something to really hold on to in where we're at with things happening in the world, even things happening in the church in as believers. And so we want to hold on to that. Uh, scriptural foundation there 
And the prayer point Chuck has is, he says, ask the Lord to unlock your future desire and realign your emotions so your desire is in line with his desire for you. Psalms 37.4. And he says, a desire to long for, ask for, demand, or seek for what is most precious of the Lord. He says, praise and delight are linked with desire. And in Psalms 37 talks about that. He suggests spending 30 minutes praising the Lord to enter into this realignment with him. And anytime you feel like you're out of alignment, he, he tends to suggest this a lot of just enter into praise, even during the night watches. He says, break the power of any unrestrained desires that have led you into covetousness, presumption, dwindling vision, and decay. And a lot of that is what he's talking about is, because he talks about this a lot, is when you, you see these things start to arrive, presumption, decay, covetousness, etc. It tends to show, and I've seen this in myself and I've had to repent of this, is it tends to show there's a certain level of pride in your life, whether it be an insecurity, um, false humility, etc., stuff like that. The list goes on and on. Is it, it, it at the end of the day? It's pride, it's covetousness, it's greed. Going back to the Ten Commandments, and it's one of those things where you have to lay it down. As you know, the Lord gives us the power to create wealth, etc. Building upon that of getting in that alignment with the Lord and understanding the true authority relationship and alignment with God of it being God uh, then us, and so understanding that He is the Creator of the universe. So with that understanding of that realignment, uh, we want to go through today and understand uh, some things that are happening in the world and be aware as we continue focusing on some news stories. So first, we want to start international, as we tend to do, and give an update on some new international relations that have been occurring for quite some time, but they're starting to strengthen and take public stances and alignments that are being made very aware. And so with what's happening with the economy, the gas industry, the the battle with Russia, Ukraine, the negotiations with Iran and EU, China, the US, etc., has really started to expose what's been going on behind closed doors and behind the scenes, black market, however you want to call it. For quite some time, and it, the Jerusalem Post is reporting that Iran is now joining a basically a, a type of union like the European Union that is called the Shanghai Cooperation Organization with countries such as obviously Russia and China, quite some alarming negotiations there. We knew they were in relationship. Now they're only strengthening those ties. You see Turkey's president here, for those watching via um, Facebook and video. Um, Turkey's president Erdogan in Sochi, Russia, with um, Iranian president Hassan Rouhani and Vladimir Putin. And so the other states involved are Turkey, who you see their president being involved. Obviously Iran, as they're getting involved in this, Iran and other states as well. The huge, huge problem with this is the whole goal, uh, stated goal of this is to really undermine and get away from 
the U.S. being the said leader world power of the world and really to get away from the the values that we have tried, not 100% fully implemented, have tried to push forward throughout the states and countries that we get involved with of trying to allow freedom and democracy to come in. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm not here to, to argue that. It's just this is what they're trying to get away from. And so we're seeing the countries that are involved, but then the biggest, biggest glaring issue and problem with why having Iran get involved with Russia and China is that now allows Iran to have quote-unquote legitimate cover for movement of resources around the world and trade around the world as we're already seeing Iranian drones being sold, given, not necessarily sure as to how exactly Russia is getting them, most likely they're buying them, in the disputes in Syria Number one, that they're still involved with the battle there with Lebanon and Israel and in what's happening in Ukraine. So there's ramifications there for this tie and in Israel, but then also potentially here in America with the partnerships that China has with Nicaragua and Venezuela of what now can they legitimately say that they're doing supposedly, supposedly. This is extremely hypothetical of what they're really doing and possibly do some things under the rug behind closed doors that they have legitimate cover for international courts and et cetera, stuff like that. So um, that's huge, huge issue there uh, need to be aware of. And, and don't forget, still, as all of this is going on, we have the Biden administration trying to go headlong into this Iran nuclear deal. And so we want to continue to pray on this as we're seeing the ramifications of allowing Iran to have sanctions removed from them, um, repent for the stance that the Biden administration has to get back into this Iran nuclear deal, pray for the peace of Jerusalem as we're seeing Iran get strengthened. It caused more problems for Israel and the countries in that region and then also intercede desperately for this administration and leaders to have the fear of the Lord and for this Iran nuclear deal to not happen. Crop failure on this issue for the Biden administration um, and that those who are involved would see the error of this and, and not get involved in that. Okay, domestically shifting, we have a potential crisis uh, trade crisis averted last late last night, early this morning, where the Biden administration at the last minute came together and made a deal with uh, the U.S. Railroad, tentatively uh, unions, to give them more days off, more pay, etc. Some of this is actually quite legitimate, um, seeing some of the responses from and the reasons Bernie Sanders didn't want to possibly vote for a certain bill coming into Congress and, and the Senate. There were some legitimacies to that. So I can't sit here and say, oh, they're being greedy. Oh, how horrible of them. He, he had some legitimate concerns and, and they, the people do have some legitimate concerns. But the big question is, is why did it come to this? If, you know, this is the, if, if the shutdown were to have happened, it would have put a, a dent in the overall economy of $2 billion a day is that's what's happening. Um, through the trade of being used through the freight 
lines in America. How? Why did it get to this point? Why? Why wasn't something done well before this to avert this crisis to begin with? And this is where the the Biden administration doesn't have their eye on the ball on this issue. And and the question is is where's Mayor Pete? He's a tra- the transportation secretary. Why isn't he involved? Even in, in the last minute, President Biden didn't call him. He called somebody. Matt Wal- um, I'm trying to remember the names. It's not Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire. It was some somebody Walsh um, who was involved. Marty Walsh, Labor Secretary, to get involved in this. Where are the administration officials who should be involved in this, and why aren't they involved in it? And so, um, with all the scares and everything going on, there will be temporary shutdown for Amtrak long distance rides. Uh, but in reality, tentatively, it looks like this is averted. And hopefully this can be averted because this would be disastrous for number, number of, it looks like, um, industries as they use these uh, lines to be able to pass goods back and forth for trade to happen in America. And so um, it's a positive, but it's the question is, is why did it take to the 11th hour literally to get this done? Um, very, very interesting involved in this. And then an update on the Yeshiva case that we've been following, dealing with the Supreme Court and the Religious University Yeshiva in New York in their stance to stand up and ability to try to have and use their First Amendment rights. We learned earlier this week that uh, Justice Sotomayor adhered to the temporary pause, um, basically going against the state court saying, yes, the the university has a right to not currently, the deadline of September 12th, give money to these organizations. Well, that has changed. Um, Yesterday, the entire Supreme Court voted on whether there still should be a temporary ban, and whether to hear the case. And in a 5-4 decision, you have Chief Justices, Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh join the three liberal justices to come together on a decision that lifted the temporary hold on what Justice Sotomayor said and denied the university an emergency request for relief, sending the case back to the state court and they said well you didn't go to the full length of the state court you jumped a couple hoops and jumped a couple rungs and so you have to go back to the court basically delaying this delaying this out and not hearing the case on the merits and the reason they did this is because they the university knows the outcome they know the liberal courts in new york said look they're gonna rule against us anyways but the issue here is that they're denying us our First Amendment rights, and which is a huge, huge issue. Calling this a procedural vote of why it needs to go back to the court. It looks like the right decision on, on the procedural side, but on the merits of the case, it's wholly alarming. Um, and the fact that Justice Alito, Clarence Thomas, um, Amy Coney Barrett, and, and Gorsuch all voted no on this t- is quite alarming. They said, well... 
an emergency case. So they're asking for us to hear it on an emergency basis because of the timeline of the issue. So there is some precedent there as to why that could come out. But then you also have this from Justice Alito in his opinion say, stating that does not does the First Amendment permit a state to force a Jewish school to instruct its students in accordance with the interpretation of, of the Torah that the school after careful study, has concluded is incorrect. The question is surely no. Basically, does the state have the authority to tell a, a religious organization, church, any organization, what to do based upon religious lines? He said, no, it's the First Amendment. Shall not be infringed upon. He, he said, the First Amendment guarantees the right to the free exercise of religion, and if that pr provision means anything, it prohibits a state from enforcing its own preferred interpretation of Holy Scripture. This is the true understanding of um, separation of ch church versus state. Yet, that is exactly what New York has done in this case, and it is disappointing that the majority of this court refuses to provide relief. It is our duty to stand for the Constitution, even when doing so is quote-unquote controversial couple reasons we want to talk about stay on this case is number one pray for um this issue of standing for first amendment rights and the foundations of america but also to see where robertson kavanaugh could possibly be persuaded to vote on certain issues and in certain ways and due to the emergency nature of the case there's precedence for the Supreme Court to say, look, the state court got this wrong. You you can't even, and the issue would be to consider that, look, you can't even rule this way because this breaks the First Amendment fundamental right of separation, uh, of First Amendment rights, of shall not be infringed upon. And again, going back to, I think you all understand it, the separation of church and state is so that the state cannot do exactly this. Same thing that happened with the California case during COVID. This is going to go through some lengthy time the issue here for the university is that now it has to spend funds on this, and there's no recourse for them. They can't go after students who are seeking to get funds from the university. Like, what are they going to do, pay themselves out? So that's part of the problem there and something we want to continue to prey on, this Golden Court case, uh, that the justices would have the backbone um, to stand for First Amendment rights and in more so intercede that they rule in accordance with with the founding principles to stand up for the First Amendment in this Golden Court case on this issue. So something we'll be paying attention to following along as we continue along. And then last thing, I briefly mentioned it yesterday, on the bill, it's a positive that we view it, that Lindsey Graham put forward to institute a 15-week national abortion ban amongst other things involved. And you're seeing, and I want to pull this up, you're seeing Republicans, more so your old school Democrats, excuse me, upset about this, saying that, well, this is a horrible, horrible, uh, quote-unquote, political move to make, that this is going to hurt people in vulnerable states, that this is not, you know, supposedly what the American people won. We 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 won won the battle with Roe v. Wade, etc. And you have a conservative or 
Republican, more so Derek Hunter, from the town hall. More so it's the, the fact that the town hall published this. Just berating. I mean berating. Calling literally the title. If you can't see it, it says Lindsey Graham is an idiot. Going after Lindsey Graham for, well, how dare he do this? He's going to cause some people to lose these close elections and blah, 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 which begs the question of what about this red wave that we've been hearing about from everybody? I thought I thought there was no way possible. There's nothing that could happen that could allow Republicans to be able to lose any election. The red tsunami, all this stuff. So now you're seeing the more so the the false facade of that red wave narrative being exposed just in this alone and even other republicans calling him idiot you know certain people are going to lose elections because of this and at the end of the day the question is 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 this a hill to die on for lindsey graham and any american any politician yes this is the hill to die on if you're saying you know we have this red wave that means you have the momentum that means the momentum's on your side and actually we've gone through it when you poll younger older doesn't matter americans on this issue and you show them what abortion really means they do not want to have number one abortions to be allowed late term etc which this bill deals with that at a federal level and showing Americans what abortion really is. And so you have Republicans saying, well, this is a state's issue. And I want to give you a the opposing view and why Lindsey Graham is really going forward and saying, look, we need to show what we stand for and force, force Democrats to say what they stand for. Okay. I'm going to pull up a video from Maisie Hirono on the floor of the Senate saying some things that are really very interesting uh, to hear from a sitting senator uh, to be for her to even consider saying this. Um, let me pull this up. It's a short. The word hypocrites, it doesn't even go far enough to call them out on what they're doing. This is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. That is how more and more women and those who support our right to make decisions about our own bodies, that is how we see it. And why? <laughs> because that's what's happening. Madam President, I yield the floor, but clearly, you know, this is a um, Literally, call to arms in our country. Literally, a call to arms. We, we talked about the difference between soft totalitarianism and hard totalitarianism. You're starting to see that shift being made. This is a call to arms. For what? I thought this was a policy decision be, to be made via the power of the pen. Very interesting. Then, and I want to point this out. Because this is a great line of questioning from a reporter who asked um, Democrat representative of, I'm going to make sure I get this, this right, um, Hakeem Jeffries, about 
where he stands and where more so the Democratic Party stands on this issue. And I, the audio is kind of bad, so you might need to turn it up. But I want you to hear this because, number one, this is a great line of questioning from the reporter. But then number two is I want you to listen to the response from Hakeem Jeffries. And then I have another video I want to show because it also shows what they really stand for. Um, and so I think you'll find this very interesting. You know, isn't it misleading to say that Senator Graham's legislation is a nationwide abortion ban when really what it is is banning procedures after 15 weeks with some exceptions, like the case of the health of the mother or um, in cases of rape or incest. But uh, do what is the Democratic position on limits to abortion? Because even Graham's initial proposals for 20 weeks would have really put the United States on par with most European... And this is the point of Graham's bill. She's saying, look, we need to get on par with the rest of the world. And she's doing a great job of outlining, look, here's where the issues may arise in this country of where people might or might not vote for this. But then in reality, she's asking, like, and she's asking poignantly, and this is the line of questioning that needs to happen on the campaign trail for Democrats and Republicans. Where do you stand on this issue? nations uh, that have limits on abortions after a certain period. I'm going to yield to Catherine Clark uh, on this issue. I'll simply say my position is Roe v. Wade, which the Republicans have fought hard to dismantle, making sure a woman has the freedom to make her own reproductive health care decisions, a decision that should be between a woman and her doctor. A decision that should be again she's directly asking the question that needs to be answered between a woman and her doctor and i support roe v wade and all he says is this is a decision between a woman and her doctor Maisie hirona was like this is a decision for the woman not talking about the baby not talking about the long-term health and mental health ramifications for the woman if she were to go forward with this and then she continues to push a little bit and ask some pretty much the same line of questioning. Uh, and this is his response. And this this is what Americans need to understand. And I'll get into this here in a second. We support the Women's Health Protection Act. Read the bill, Republicans, if you're unclear on our position. We all voted for it. That's our position. All right. So they're saying their position is the Women's Health Protection Act. If that's their position, it becomes the responsibility of every American, Republican, Democrat to go and do exactly what he says. Okay, Mr. Jeffries, I agree with you. We should read the bill. We should read the bill that you say is the stance that you support. And I want to read some of the understanding of this. Let's understand. This is the thing we need to understand. What is in the Women's Health Protection Act? On this issue, this is what Americans and Republicans and Democrats need to understand. Do you stand for the things that they're saying? Which... We obviously understand the issues involved with um, tearing down the Roe v. Wade, the 14th Amendment, defense from the Supreme Court. And this is from the Heritage Foundation's Thomas Gipling, Gipping, excuse me, 
who writes that the strategy behind the WHPA seeks to hide, censor, and avoid the fact that abortion is designed to kill a human being, making it about the right of the woman to choose. He goes on to say that um, Roe v. Wade got the job done as far as allowing abortion rights to come into effect, making legislation efforts to protect life before birth all but impossible, a policy more permissive than all but ones in seven other nations. Yet the court now has before it a case, Dobbs, um, Jack, going back to the Mississippi case, in which it finally, it may finally acknowledge that Roe v. Wade is an indefensible distortion of the Constitution and overrule it. That would once again put state and local governments in primary charge of abortion policy, which is the claim that Republicans want. But this is what the very thing that Democrats are trying to overstep again in putting in a national abortion freedom, basically. And he goes on to say in the article, this is where the WHPA comes in by attempting to prevent those governments from placing any kind of limitation or restriction of any kind on abortion. The bill prohibits any legislation anywhere from enacting 11 specific categories of abortion regulation as well as any that are similar to them. Basically, the abortion bans that you're seeing states put in via the state constitution, the WHPA would make those null and void. This legislation ban covers anything that is reasonably likely to delay some patients from getting an abortion to indirectly increase the cost of doing so or even necessitating a trip to the doctor's office. The WHPA's two most glaring defects are that defects are that Congress has no authority to dictate how state and local legislatures may handle abortion, and even if it did, the WHPA is far more radical than Roe v. Wade itself. Pushing for and part of the, the WHPA, and we're going to start diving into this. I don't have enough time today. Is that the WHPA pushes for telecommunication abortions, um, abortion pills being mailed through the mail, uh, which would and need to be answered as far as questions of federal funds being used to mail those out, et cetera, and then going against um, laws that are on the books of having certain pills be in certain states being mailed via the mail system that this would somehow trump. Um, so this is the thing that Americans need to know. What is in the, the HPA? And then also push back. Like at times when you have victory, when Gideon had victory, God said, go, go after them. And now's the time. We've had prophetic words of this is the thing to do, to go after on certain issues. And this is one of those issues. This is the hill to die on. Certain people are afraid of losing elections. If you lose elections on this issue, so be it. You have a bigger issue at play here to where you're not valuing the life. Because the issues of this and the response from Macy Rono and, and Democrat Jeffries is that, well, this is about the woman, only about the woman, nothing about the child. Nothing about the child. And the response is... This is what we stand for, the WHPA. Okay, if this is what they stand for, ask them questions about this. Do you agree with this part of the bill? Do you understand this is what this is in this is in the bill? Do you want this to happen? Do you want to subvert the state's rights, which was supposedly what Democrats want? And it will really answer some of the emotional responses from Republicans on this issue of getting down to it. Because at the end of the day, rather than focusing on this, pro-lifers and those without the country need to start looking at how to assist pregnant women rather than continuing to argue about whether a national banner etc should be done is number one yes it should 
the 15 week ban, which gets us back on par with the rest of the world, number one, um, also dealing with other things, but is why don't we start looking at not only this, but funding and helping pregnant women involved in all of this. And so this is something we want to continue talking about, continue making people aware of. Hopefully you guys can make people aware of as well and continue to intercede and vote for voters ahead of the midterms to vote based upon biblical moral values. And I'll close with this. Dutch Sheet yesterday talked about in his his, um, his, his video that he does. I forget to give him 15. That if Americans, if, if American believers would number one be registered to vote and then go vote, the, the outcomes of these elections would not be anti-biblical moral values. There would be no question of whether abortion rights would be an issue, whether you know some of these crazy things that are occurring, student loans, CRT, all this stuff. If Americans, believers, would go vote, this would be, have no ill effect. And so we really want to continue to pray for voters to be involved, those who are registered to go vote, pray for more people to get registered and go vote and, and, and do what our our ancestors fought for the freedom that they fought for to be able to have the ability to go vote and it's just amazing that some would not um but there's we give grace where grace needs to be given um but ultimately we want to make people aware of this issue and we'll dive further into this i actually want to kind of look at this bill to see what's actually in it uh so i'll end today thanks for each and every one of you for following along don't forget to like share subscribe leave a five-star review wherever you watch, listen, and be sure to share with uh, those who you know who want to continue to and, and get involved of praying for this nation and the office of the president. So blessings, and I will see you guys later. Have a good one.